You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, your host, along with Cliffy D. Hey, what is up? What is up? Uh, another exciting week in the 514. <laughs> another party in the 514. I don't know what we could come up with a many a hashtag, man. Anything so much, so much <laughs> is happening. <laughs> <laughs> wow an early appearance by the lunatic i know it, it's just it's just gone gone to sh- yeah yeah well i don't know if it's gone to that but i mean it's 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 there so much stuff has happened already and it's you know it's only tuesday yes know. it has this 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 organization this Montreal organization certainly is not shy about making news whether it's good bad or other no matter what you will be informed, and you folks will know exactly what's going on in LOS Nation. That's right. So we, before we get, it's, it's like last week, you know, it, the Johnny Menzel. We will be talking about uh, Johnny Menzel this week, but there's a little bit more to talk about because leading up to how this game this week versus Hamilton is going to pan out. But uh, uh, we got a we got a game to talk about. We have a game to talk about, and. You know, it's Verdon Adams, uh, his his fourth start as an Alouette, his first since the last three weeks, I think it was 2016, right? That's right. Uh, where Vernon Adams was 3-0. He was the only undefeated starter for the Alouettes in this, in this whole mess of quarterbacks that the Alouettes have started ever since AC has gone down. And going into the game, if you remember last week's show, everybody, we, we went into it, you know, with positive. We were looking very positive towards his start. And I don't, I don't think we were let down. I, I think that it's just that the team let us down because we have, you know, we had a, a, a start where near the Alouettes again, a great drive to start the game off, um, holding, you know, Edmonton to three on their opening drive and things looked good. Don't be fooled, Alouettes fans. This is this is we have seen this before this season. We saw it with Drew Willie. He had an amazing start to start off a game. I, I think I think any quarterback we've had this year so far has given off at least one good drive to start off the game. But then the Alouettes give up twenty four points. Twenty four points in the second quarter and anytime you give up 24 points in the second quarter you're not really going to you know it's gonna be tough to come back for that unless you you score the 24 points and then you give up more which the Alouettes have done but anyways 24 points that the Alouettes gave up in the second quarter were the second most so far the most since giving up 28 last year to the Toronto Argonauts in Toronto and unfortunately that was a game that you were attending Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry to bring up such bad memories there, Cliff. 
Still stings. Yeah. <laughs> what stings worse, the 28 points or the, or the price that you got to get there? Oh, gosh. Uh, just say yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I don't know where to go. I mean, Mike Riley looked like the MOP that he was. Um, Mike Riley is just on another level altogether. I've been talking about this for years, and my word, he just proved yet again. Like, you do not sleep on this guy ever, ever. Uh, man, I, I have to say, the way he played, I mean, he, I, I kind of joked like that first quarter, you're absolutely right, Montreal looked good. They looked really good. Vernon Adams looked very comfortable behind center and played with purpose as well he should because I think he knew that this was going to be his shot to do something here to really make fans sit up and take notice. And I think he did an admirable job that first that first quarter. And I kind of joked that sooner or later, Mike Riley is going to realize that he's Mike Riley and turn it on. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Right now. It didn't help though, that Montreal's defense just absolutely crapped the bed as far as tackling goes, as far as uh, leaving guys open. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Like Mike Riley straight up shredded the Montreal Alouettes defense. It was not pretty. And I don't care which quarterback was behind center for the Alouettes. It was going to be tough to come back from, a deficit like that. I mean, it was just a complete and utter breakdown that second quarter as unfortunately it has been the past couple of games at uh, Percival Molson stadium is just that second quarter is just where everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. And you know, it's the struggles that the team is having. It's, it is popping up again on attendance. We had a little more attendance than the week before only 16,654 showed up, um, which is concerning. But to get, then again, that this team has lost fifth, was it 15 of the last 16 games? Um, 16 the last 17 sorry, but 16 the last 17 yeah see that's how bad it is yeah but who's counting <laughs> uh, yeah, no no but, um, yeah as I said Mike Riley had an absolute monster monster game and it, it was a game where it's just a matter of trying to stop him I, and I know it got frustrating it got frustrating for the fans it got frustrating for us they did well in the second half you know besides, I mean they only scored a safety in, in the second uh, sorry, in the third, but, um, you know, the, the Owls did score 23 points. Unfortunately, they, they scored 44. And again, because of this current situations, uh, that our running game suffered because of it, uh, even though Vernon Adams had a very good game rushing. It's just that our, our main guy, Terrell Sutton, uh, again, you know, only only seven carries. And, and it's just, you. does anybody not remember the beast that Terrell uh, Sutton was? versus Edmonton last year on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. in the rain. He was a beast. And what's very funny, Cliff, is that this game almost mimicked the game last year on Thanksgiving, even to the point total. It's almost identical to last Abs- year. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I will note, though, is that Sutton actually did a pretty good job of catching the ball, too. That's I think he was, one of, uh, he was one of uh, Adam's more prolific receivers, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, led the team in, yeah, led the team in yards. Uh, I mean, like when you're running back, though, is your best receiver, then that's that's very telling, unfortunately. Well, I, I don't know. The, the Owls have always had a good MO when it comes to, uh, to, to screen plays. They always have had, and they've always used their, their running backs to their advantage. And this is the first time that they've been able to do that. I think all all year. Um, it's just that they were they were outplayed. When you have two wide receivers <laughs> that are over a hundred yards for for Edmonton, 
Uh, and Riley throws for 415. You give up, oh, I think it's a 500, it was close to 500 yards in total offense. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, he threw for four touchdowns and then, for good measure, ran one in himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's see, he was, he was a man on fire. There, there's just no question. And Duke Williams, my word, I mean, he just, he danced all over the Alouette secondary. There's just, he, they couldn't stop him. They could not keep this guy down. And, of course, former Alouette Kenny Stafford also had himself a yep. fantastic game. Yeah. Uh, man, I mean, like I said, you, you factor all that stuff in, C.J. Gable also a, a dual threat as well, just like Sutton. It was decent. It was decent. But when you combine when you combine the yards, it was it was almost close to 100 yards uh, total rushing. Um, Mike Riley was a 24 of 32, 415 yards, zero, uh, four, t- four touchdowns, zero interceptions. C.J. Gable led the Eskimos with 69 yards rushing on, on 15 carries. And again... Riley, it's like one, I'm thinking, you see, four, eight, nine, nine total, nine different receivers caught a pass for the Edmonton Eskimos. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, with Williams, Duke Williams leading with 116 yards, Kenny Stafford with 105. And you know what? And the thing is, though, you know, what doesn't, is not really this, the, the, what really doesn't say much of the stats here, Cliff, is that some of these balls by Mike Riley were just dropped into place and it's just that the defense no matter how close some of these you know these defensive backs were they had no chance it's just you know just bloop (laughs) you just dropped it in there yeah just like ricky ray used to do for the eskimos back in the day and that mike riley's just pretty much assumed that mantle and he just like you say he drops it right in and there's very little you can do but man when you when your defenders are not tackling i, I mean that was yeah. some sorry sorry ass tackling that yes. we saw this past thursday yes uh, i mean there's not much you can do a guy makes a great reception he makes a great reception uh, you just even just completing for first down i mean there's not much you can do about that but you can control your tackling and the tackling was just abysmal i, I can't even think of a, a there's no other way to describe it it was right. just Really and, poor tackling. Yeah, and by the way, what? Why does it seem like uh, 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 Tig One Glass just seems to be just seems to be getting burnt way <sighs> too much? Well, I mean, listen, he's he had a, a really great training camp, and he's proven himself to be a decent addition to the Yells. But man, he had his lunch eaten for him, and I, I guess it was just one, one of those days. Some days you're the hammer, some days you're the nail, and uh, Taekwondo was just. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. He did have a couple of nice returns, though. He was also he was actually t- he took over for Stefan Logan for uh, uh, yeah. What do you call it? For for returning punts, that, and that was a plus. That, yeah, I will admit both, that was a plus. Both him and Ryder Stone had a couple of decent returns, but yep. uh, Take One uh, actually had a really nice. I think it was a, for thirty plus yards uh, return and put the put the Alouettes in. I think just about midfield and just a good little run altogether. I mean. So while he didn't have the great defensive game, he at least he stepped it up for special teams. So I'll give him props for that. Yep. Same thing with William Stanbeck. I mean, he had the long his longest return, uh, kickoff return was fifty three yards. So you know the Owls had had their chances. They had their chances. Uh, you know Vernon Adams. He was fifteen to twenty eight, two hundred and seventeen yards, no touchdowns and an interception. Uh, the interception was was just it seemed to be telegraphed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Vernon Adams led the team in rushing eight, eight rushes, 72 yards and a touchdown second to, uh, and then second is, uh, Tyrell Sutton, uh, seven rushes, 
for 39 yards. Uh, B.J. Cunningham had a nice one, too, for 15. Um, the leading receiver was Sutton also for the Alouettes. Uh, five targets, four catches, 82 yards. Uh, then it went to uh, Eugene Lewis, uh, four targets, three receptions, 54 yards. And it's just, it's just not enough. It's just not enough that, you know, that A, that we can't seem to get anything going on offense, but when we do get stuff on offense, what what's with Boar's betting? Well, I, and, I mean, Miss, yeah. Miss Boink. That's basically what it was. If you want to describe as Misses, that's what they were. Miss, Miss Boink. Yeah, and it's funny because he came into this game as the only kicker in the Canadian Football League this season who was perfect. He was 8 for 8 with uh, field goal attempts and... Uh, it's so funny. The first one, I figure, okay, he's due to miss one this season for sure. And sure enough, he did. The first time, okay, kind of expected that. That's That sucks, but okay, no points there. Second time around, miss again. Like, okay, this is uh, this is not good. And then, like you said, the boink. And that and was we just... Could hear, by the way, we could hear it where we were when it went off the upright. It was like, <laughs> bong, couldn't miss it. Yeah, and we just—I remember, like, we're we're watching it together, and we just look at each other, like, "Oh Jesus!" Like, just come on, mm-hmm. <sighs> like, just it was nothing. just one of those things where it, anything that can go wrong in the kicking game did go wrong. Yeah, yeah, it just nothing could go right. Nothing could go right at, at all for the Owls. I mean, one of the few pluses. I mean, uh, I mean, geez, uh, Edmonton had 17 penalties for almost 200 yards. We kept our penalties under 10, which is a plus. I think if you can keep them under 10 for a game, uh, but they had, uh, but they had 143 yards on them. Um, but a plus also, I think we're trying to see, you know, the Alouettes only went 10 to 22 on second downs. Uh, Edmonton went 14 to 23. But I mean, when you look at the net yards, dude, 508 total yards. Alouettes did get 303. Some of those were in the fourth quarter when Vernon seemed to be able to, to get things done. Um, it's just, again, it's just a combination of things. And you take out that, that, that 24 points, the, the owls are in it. I mean, the owls were in this thing at half. They, I mean, they, they weren't, it was decent at, you know, they, they came, ah, just damn it, man. <laughs> I try to try to give it the best positive spin as I can, but. Well, and look, there's a lot, a lot of things that really did go wrong. I mean, you talk about the missed field goals for sure. Uh, the, the, in, the inability to even you know, manage the clock properly so that you can get a field goal to end the second half. Yeah. So right off the hop, there you go. There's 12 points that the Alouettes pretty much left on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is not one, but two surefire touchdown strikes that were dropped. One was uh, Chris one, Harper. One was Chris Harper. The other one, Ernest Jackson, which, again, I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on yeah, with Ernest that, Jackson. That ball for Harper just went right through his hands. Right through his hands. Yeah. And listen, it was, it was a great throw by Adams. He... He placed it perfectly. Uh, guy was uh, just, yeah, he, he had it there, and I, I feel bad for Harper, and I'm sure nine times out of ten he's going to make that catch. It, it was just, it just perfect, but just, yeah, this well, this was the tenth time, and uh, it just didn't come come quite through. And like I said, if they just could have just turned that into, if they could turn that into points, just that alone, just oh, that, yeah, yeah. make add, those field add the nine goals, points that Betty missed. Just add the nine points there, and they got 31. Yep. Then, <sighs> yeah. Sorry, 32, so, but still. Yeah. No, listen, like, overall, it was there. There was just a lot of missed opportunities. And, 
hindsight's always 20, but if they could have made all those points, it would have changed the momentum. It would have changed the attitude, how they would have handled going into the third, the, the second half. It again, could have, would have, should have. Right. But, but again, you still can't let your defense walk all over you like that in that second quarter. Like what is it with second quarter and the Alouettes? They just, something doesn't click. And I, I really wish I knew the answer to this question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing we have to talk about is what seemed to be a very, very uh, scary injury Ugh. in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I don't know where I don't know where to start. Start. What did What did you think? Uh, well, if you folks aren't aware, uh, Mitchell White uh, took a nasty hit, and it's now been described as a cervical injury, which means somewhere in in the head and neck area uh well, we weren't given too many details on initially but i i, I just remember like seeing it live like he yeah kind of crumpled uh he was able to move his extremities but really because i thought because I, I to be honest with you i saw him the hit and he didn't move well i could see his legs were kind of he's trying to jostle him a little bit i don't know if that was just uh, like his body going into shock or whatever okay, but okay. uh but like he was down, and you're right. He everyone just stayed down, and when they when they bring out the uh, the board and mm-hmm. and the and stretcher, you know this is not a good thing. I know, like I said at the time, I hoped it was just a precautionary measure, but uh, th- thankfully they did tell us later on that he went to the hospital and he was his able to move his extremities. Yeah. So yeah, th- thank did, God for that. Yeah, and he, and he reached out also on social media too. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, he did. So still scary moment you never want to see that especially too like mitchell white has been such a, a great addition to the alouettes a re-addition if you will because he has played for the alouettes before but for him to come back this year to montreal uh overall his his body of work is it speaks for itself and i listen my heart goes out to the guy i, I know he's a gamer i you know he, he plays hard he hustles hard man like i said it's just one of those things you don't want to see anyone get hurt in this yeah. game no i don't no. But Mitch especially is just he's such a good guy and such a great, exciting player to watch. And my heart goes out to him. And I hope he recovers from this and comes back stronger than ever. But uh, yeah. all indications are that he's pretty well out for the season. So Yeah, which uh, I don't – which, yeah, you can't you can't screw around with this type of stuff. Not when it comes to anything cervical. As soon as they start mentioning that word, and like I tell you, it's, it's head or neck or mm-hmm. both potentially. And, yeah, you do not want to screw around with anything like that. Yeah. And by the way, there was another injury, too, and I'm trying to get confirmation on this because this came through social media from Herb uh, Zerkowski of the Gazette talking about Matt Schiltz hurt his shoulder on special teams. And I have no clue what he's talking about because I cannot I cannot get confirmation yet what's going on. Mm-hmm. I've reached out to Steve Daniel, the, the league statistician, to try to get some information and because I don't see I, don't, I can't remember if the league keeps track of participation reports or not anymore. Because that doesn't make any sense to me. No, and he was holding. I, th- I think he was mostly like, the only game action he really saw was holding for field goals. Like so, let's bet the, a kick. That, could that be the only? Oh, was was there a roughing? Was there a roughing the kicker? Or, uh, oh, maybe that was it. I never even thought about that. Then at one point, wasn't the wasn't yeah? Wasn't he run into? Now that now that you say that and you, and you jog my memory, mm-hmm. does that ring a bell with you? Uh, I remember stop. something. I remember something. Well, in any event, that's in, in any supposedly event. how that is supposedly how he hurt his shoulder, which is kind of unusual. But uh, yeah, that's that's how it is. 
Football has the weirdest injuries sometimes, folks. Yeah. Um, so the next two things that we want to talk about lead into each other, and it leads us into next week's game, too. Um, but I just want to say before we do, I must say it gives me a chance to just remind everybody that we are on multiple platforms and social media. You can find us over on Facebook, and you can find us on, uh, on Twitter. Twitter is at Alouette's FL Deck. Facebook is at Alouette's Flight Deck. And if you want to listen to any of our past shows that we have done, you can do so in multiple places. You can head over to SoundCloud. Sorry, not SoundCloud. You can, a Podbean. I have something else in my head. Podbean, Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher. I keep forgetting the other one. Spotify. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and But the easiest way to do it is head over to alouettesflightdeck.ca. Okay. So during the game, these quote-unquote fans were chanting, we want Johnny, we want Johnny, we want Johnny. And also at the same time, and I think it, it didn't come off, it didn't, it didn't sit well with, with a few people. I think one being Johnny Menzel, because supposedly during one of the chants, he was there you know, as if you would when, when the crowd is being loud, when you're on offense. He was, you know, doing the, 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 the not the shut up symbol, but you know what I'm saying, the, the be quiet symbol, the be quiet symbol to both, both arms and doing him down. Yeah, he was waving his arms just to basically yeah. tell everybody to calm down. Yeah, tell, yeah, tell everybody just to shut up. Now, yeah. this was based off of, and, and it's very possible this was caused by, because the it was said that before the game that he would see some action. And this was at the time where Vernon wasn't, wasn't producing many yards or many points. And I guess that they felt that he needed to, you know, he needed to come in and, and let's see what he can do. Coach Sherman in the, in the post-game presser said, well, listen, our O-line gave up seven sacks. Would it really make any difference the way our O-line was playing, whether it was Johnny or whether it was, uh, whether it was Vernon behind center? So he kind of, kind of was able to, to had an out uh-huh. by doing that. So, I, I mean, should the Owls have said anything, you know, that he was going to play? Not not really. You know, it's like, you know, you go to one of those petting farms and you want to ride a pony. But then you get there and it's actually only a miniature pony. <laughs> not, it's not the same thing. No. You know, except they're not chanting Johnny, Johnny. They're saying pony, pony. Anyways. So, from there, Vernon Adams, who was the starter, and the rightful starter, and I, you know, I... I give Vernon all props. I think he did the best that he could, given the circumstances. His O-line let him down. Uh, his wide receivers let him down. So, uh, and I understand that when it, when it comes to a, a, a game, Cliff, that usually the quarterback and or the head coach will, t- will, will get the brunt of, you know, displeasure from the fans. Mm-hmm. And this is in this, this case, the Johnny chant was just that. It was being directed towards the team and directed towards Vernon Adams. And needless to say, and this is where I think you can take and go with this, is that this is where Vernon basically got pissed. Now, I do, I do understand that, you know, sometimes players need to have a little bit more of thicker skin, but I, I actually understand why, why Vernon did what he did and what, what, what did he do. Uh-huh. Well, let's, let's just back things up just to sort of add to the, this thought of yours. Sure. Uh, Without question, uh, Vernon Adams played an absolutely solid game, all things considered. Take into consideration 
who he was playing, the points that were put up by Edmonton, uh, like you said, the, the way that the team more or less let him down. And that's truly how I felt. I don't think Vernon Adams failed the Alouettes. I think the Alouettes failed Vernon Adams. And I will I I will stand behind that. I will that's the hill I plan on dying on when it comes to this discussion. That's truly how I feel. Did Vernon Adams make mistakes throughout the game? Absolutely he did. He forced a lot of things. I uh, tried to scramble out of the pocket too much and I think just tried to make something out of nothing more often than not. Some and what when it works, it's brilliant. But when it doesn't work, it's noticeable. And yes, there were a lot of two outs. There were a lot of mistakes that were made by Adams. Again, he's not perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Uh, his coaching staff didn't really give him a whole lot to work with, and it showed. But he tried to make he tr- he tried to put the Alouettes on his back and lead them. And I will give him full props for that. As far as the the we want Johnny Chance go, that's to be expected. The Montreal Alouettes organization themselves have only themselves to blame as far as that goes. They're the ones that fed into this from the moment, the very moment that Johnny Manziel was traded from Hamilton to Montreal. They started pimping this game right away, this Thursday night game, as Johnny Manziel's debut. And fine, you're, they'll probably make the argument like, well, listen, we didn't say he's going to play. We just said he's going to be there. And OK, you're right to that sense. But people are going to take take from it what they will. And. A lot of people came out to that game. It was probably their first CFL game ever. They're buying the Manziel jersey. They're hyped up. They want to see this guy in action because they've heard about him through social media and TMZ and all this junk. And that's what they want to see. They want to see what the, all the hype is about. And when he doesn't see the field, fans get pissed. Like the, like the Manziel fans get pissed. And sure enough, every time a, a mistake's going to be made, yeah, the, the we want Johnny chats are going to increase over and over and over. And... It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing to see, especially on offense. And this is where you could tell that these were not football fans. They were Johnny Manziel fans. And fortunately for for the real football fans, their money is just as good and just as badly needed by the Alouettes to survive. Right, so right. you have to you have to sort of take the good with the bad. But it doesn't make it any less frustrating, and it certainly doesn't make it right as far as having these idiots screaming from a guy who. I'm sorry, has never played a snap in the CFL professionally. And they're not going to, like you said, they're not going to stick him into the situation where they were just because why make a bad thing even worse? Um, I think Mike Sherman was absolutely right to not play Mansell whatsoever if he didn't feel comfortable with it and basically save him from himself. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, Adams, he's got to take some of the the blame. And I'm sure if you were to ask him, yeah, he, he would agree that he did not play his best overall game. But my God, he certainly made a hell of an effort out of it, and that's yeah, to be committed yeah. right there. Uh, let, let's be honest; it wasn't him that let Edmonton score twenty-four points in the second quarter. It wasn't him that botched three of five field goal attempts. It wasn't him that dropped not one but two surefire touchdown strikes. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, Vernon Adams did everything he could, and despite all of that, still played. I felt to be a great, solid game. Not perfect, not outstanding, but. My God, he he did everything. He I was more excited watching him than anything that Drew Willie or Jeff Matthews has done all season long. I'm sorry to say, but there was a much better energy, a much better focus within the group right. with Adams behind center, and I, you could feel it. You just you felt it right away. That first quarter, I'm telling you right now, is night and day compared to what we've seen this season. And as far as I was concerned, taking the overall effort. I felt that Vernon Adams earned the right to be a CFL starter. Yep. And I thought 
give if you if you were to really give this guy some time, give him a couple of games to really truly get under himself a little bit and really show what he can do and let the receivers trust the decisions that he's going to make. I think we got something here. I'm, I'm telling you right now, and uh, you almost want to would wonder like, well, why would you even bother trading for a Johnny Manziel? Uh, but now, now we're in a situation where you know these idiot fans come out and they don't they don't give a rat's ass about this game. They don't give a, they don't give a <laughs> about the Alouettes. All they wanted was to see Johnny football play, and fine, that's your right. Yeah, that's what that's what you want to go for. So be it. And. The Alouettes were just ha- only too happy to feed into that. They're more than happy to sell you a jersey with Menzel number two on it. Uh-huh. They're more than happy to help promote that hype. And TSN is more than happy to help promote that hype as well. You know, they that's really what it was. It was just the, the hype machine was just running into overtime. And unfortunately, as a result, you get situations like that where fan, fans, and I'm air quoting this, yeah, yeah. Are, are chanting for essentially uh, – a persona, a, a superstar, if you will, instead of being able to appreciate the fact that they had a really solid quarterback doing everything he can, trying to win this football game. And yeah, you know what? I don't blame Vernon Adams for being pissed off at the fans. And I don't blame him for lashing out. I, I'd be upset too. Uh, I, I feel for the guy. Uh, I know that today word came out because he did an interview with in the press and he pretty much told the fans, you know, <laughs> you. And I don't blame him. I, he kind of walked that back a little bit. He didn't quite say that either. But no, I, I can no. see the sentiment, too. Like, I can see how frustrated he was. And I don't blame Vernon Adams for feeling the way he did. Uh, you know, heat of the moment or should he have a thicker skin, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. You know what? He's a human being. He's allowed to feel the way he does. And quite frankly, I support him. I support how he feels. I saw the work he put in. I saw the effort. He, he wants to be great for this organization. And... I just wish more players were like that. I wish more players cared that much. And you know what? You go out there and, yeah, you, you don't have the best of days. You certainly did the best you could. And you got you got these idiots who don't know jack <laughs> about football. They just want to see this, uh, this persona come out and play. And they don't care if he wins or loses either. It, it's, it's frustrating. And I don't blame Adams for being pissed off. And... I know that uh, you know his comments came kind of came back and bit him a little bit. Yeah, I, but, but even even though, and, and I I was proud to put this. I, I did a hashtag on on Twitter today, and I think a lot of people uh, actually did like it and retweeted it. And I said that my hashtag was I stand with Vernon, and I do because I understood yeah. everything that he went through. I, and I think I said this last week. I think I said this to you at the game. I think because uh, somebody asked me, you know, are you going to buy buy a jersey of Manziel? And I go, no. Because it takes more than a more than just having a player being traded to our team for me to buy his jersey or buy a, a shirt, which the Owls now have out also, that with his name on it. He needs to prove himself as a as a worthy player for me to buy his jersey to have his name on my back. So yeah. again, so yeah, you know, to me, hashtag I stand with Vernon. Yeah, and I stand with Vernon as well. I, I said I, I everything I've seen from Vernon Adams. I, I like everything I've seen. Let's not forget, the guy did win games for us yes. two years ago. He, he had the, the most thing. wins as a starter since AC went down. Consecutive wins as a starter since AC went down. And again, uh, again, there, again, we're just repeating ourselves here. But at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, the Vernon Adams 
deserves to be a CFL starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I think he definitely deserves to have his coaching staff work with him and play to his strengths and build a playbook to his strengths. And his receivers need to work with him and trust him because Adams did everything he could to move the ball downfield. And I think there was a couple of times where a lot of those passes that were incomplete, I honestly think the receivers were just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that from him. Like, maybe they're expecting like a Drew Willie kind of pass, whereas, no, you're not going to get a Drew Willie kind of pass out of Vernon Adams. You're going to get a Vernon Adams pass yes. out of Vernon Adams. Yeah. And there is a remarked difference between the two. So I, I think if you were to really establish a rhythm, let Adams get in there and let him be the leader – I'm telling you right now, like this, I, I feel a lot more confident about the Alouettes as they sit right now with Vernon Adams as quarterback versus what we, like I said, what we saw from Drew Lee. And unfortunately, Jeff Matthews failed to impress as well. And now, now that he's injured, I mean, that doesn't help the cause either. But everything I saw, though, just that one game from Vernon Adams, I'd say the overall body of work definitely proved that he definitely deserved to be able to continue on as a starter. But as we're about to discuss, uh, right. that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, no, we found out today that, um, d you know, that uh, of all things, uh, the Alouettes are changing to the Delta logo. Oh no, that's something else. That the that <laughs> <laughs> that Johnny Menzel will be starting. He's been named the starter for the Alouettes this week versus. Uh, I, it's funny, his old team. I don't. I I can't say that. He didn't <laughs> play for him. Well, I guess we'd say his former team. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's okay. That's better. I'm like, he never played against him. Played against them. <laughs> he, he was, you know, again sitting on the bench. Now that's this, when that, that's when he was Johnny Clipboard. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Clipboard. Now this it will be a boon, I'm sure, for for TSN and RDS. It will be a boon for is the game on ESPN two? Yes, it is. Okay, so it'll be a boon for them in the states. And I can only imagine because we weren't able to. I wasn't able to reach out to the Alouettes organization before we were taping tonight because it, you know, it was just announced today. I can just imagine if it's going to be a madhouse in the press box this week. Uh, I am sure you're going to get those fans, quote unquote, air quotes again, coming to see men, you know, to see Johnny football play and see what he can do. And you know, I think who is it? Who is it? Who is it said? Somebody said it on social media today. Well, what happens if he does does poorly? Are they gonna are they gonna start chanting Vernon, Vernon? <laughs> hey, turnabout's fair play. And unfortunately, this is kind of the situation. And you, this is gonna sound kind of funny, but it almost makes you feel bad for Manzel in a sense because he too hasn't asked for any of this. I, as far as I'm concerned, like one of two things is gonna happen. He's either gonna go, go into this game against the Tiger Cats and he's gonna light them up. Or he's just going to be like every other quarterback this season for the LOS and just fall flat on his face. And then what's going to happen? Then you're no further ahead. No. And now also, too, you're put into this uncomfortable position of, well, do we want Johnny Manziel to fail or don't we? I, I, as Alouette's fans and supporters, obviously, we want Manziel to win. If, if he's the starting quarterback, we want him to win We because we want the Alouettes to win. But do we want – if he wins, then it, it just – Furthers the narrative that well, you should have had Johnny Football playing the whole time. He would, he's the guy who's going to win you games. Nobody else was winning games the Alouettes, but Johnny Football will win games. So you you've got that. But then at that point, then are you actively rooting for him to fail? But then if you do that, then you're essentially rooting for the Alouettes to fail, which is counterintuitive as a fan or supporter of this organization. Right. 
So it's essentially a no-win situation. Uh, like so, so what do you do at this point? And yes, God forbid if Manziel starts and is just getting beat down. At, what do you do at that point? Do you do you leave him in the game? Do you let him twist in the wind to figure it out? Or at that point, do you go to Vernams and say, "Hey, man, sorry we did you dirty like that last week, but mm-hmm. you think you can go in there and try to salvage this?" Yeah. And again, uh, if if that were the case, of course Adams is going to go in and be a professional because that's what I expect out of him. But then what? Like, it's it, as far as I'm concerned, it's a no-win situation. Yes, we expect to see Johnny Manziel on the field. Yes, he will be a starter in this league. But I'm of the opinion that Vernon Adams had did everything right last Thursday, all things considered, and deserved the chance to start yet another game. Right. And really, would it have been a bad thing for Manziel to still stay on the sideline and still keep learning that playbook? Because let's not forget, the CFL playbook you know, you can't just, you really truly can't just pick that up in a couple of days. So it really makes me wonder too, like just how prepared is Manziel truly going to be for the game on Friday? I mean, yes, he does know the Tiger Cats to a degree. He does know some of their patterns and uh, maybe some, maybe he kind of knows what to expect out of them. But by the same token, they kind of know what to expect out of him as well because they've, they've, they've known about him since day one of training camp. That's right. So... It, it works both ways as far as I'm concerned. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how this is going to pan out. Uh, as I've stated numerous times since Manziel has become an Alouette, is this is going to go one of two ways. This will either be a spectacular thing or it's going to be an epic fail. And there's just no in between. There's no way that he comes in and just plays a, a so-so football game. It It's going to be one of the two. And quite frankly, I just don't know... What would be the better outcome overall, really, truly, for LOS fans is do we want Manziel to be a success or don't we? That's and that's fair. That's gonna that is that is completely fair. Um, I'm trying to find out just why while you were talking, I was trying to find this as quick as I could. You know, as everybody knows, he was he started he started a grand total of eight games in the NFL, right? And his last start trying to find it when was his last start obviously it was obviously it was it was in, it was in 2017 sorry uh 20, 2016 sorry 2016 um no 2015 it was 2015 that can't be right looking at i'm looking at pro football resource 2014 2015 so anyways um we'll have to see what we'll have to see what happens well, I have to see what happens. Uh, the game itself right now is uh, the Cats are favored by by seven points. Over-under is 49 and a half. But, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say because there are so many unknowns now. I mean, we, we know the East is, is weird this year. Anything can happen. You know, he's always been, he, he's been playing well. But look, 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 what they, look what they scored last week. It's true, and again, the the game before that against the Rough Riders, uh, Hamilton had that game well in hand, and they basically let the Riders back into it and essentially let it slip through their fingers. So the past couple of weeks have not been kind to Jeremiah Masoli and the Tiger Cats, but I think a lot of it is sort of their own undoing, and one can't help but wonder, will we see a repeat of that in Montreal? I know. I mean, Masoli threw for 352, yard, to, 352 yards last week. And they scored 15 points. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and Ottawa won without scoring a touchdown. 
They sure did. So it's I, – I don't know what type of change that the Owls will make. Um, we did – well, uh, one thing we wanted to talk about too besides the Manziel thing, there was another trade for the Owls, wasn't there? Yes, there was because uh, Cavus Reed seems to be wheeling and dealing his way into uh, you know, uh, his perfect lineup, I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the last time the Owls have had this many trades. So <laughs> all, those, all these consecutive weeks in a row. Oh, man. I mean, and on a Sunday, no less. Like, there's something about Sunday. It's just, it's, it's deal-making day. <laughs> yeah, so, and so, it, just in case they don't know who the trade was with, what was what was the trade, Cliff? Well, uh, re- reaching out to an old friend, so to speak, uh, in Jim Pop, uh, the Alouettes have traded uh, Ryan Bombin and a uh, fifth-round draft pick in the 2020 CFL draft to the Toronto Argonauts in exchange for TJ Heath and a third round pick in the 2020 CFL draft. So this helps fill a bit of a hole as far as with the Mitchell White injury. Uh-huh. We now have a little bit more secondary help. Uh, TJ Heath is definitely a ball hawk. Uh, he's been playing really solid for uh, for the for the Toronto Argonauts uh, since coming out. And fun fact, he was actually the cornerstone of the trade that saw Drew Willey end up as a member of the Argonauts. Uh, funny enough, uh, TJ Heath gets traded to Winnipeg, ends up signing back with Toronto as a free agent, <laughs> and now once again is being traded from, Toron- or from Toronto to another team. Uh, what's unfortunate, though, is Ryan Bombin, who, inter- interestingly enough, uh, was part of that draft day deal that basically saw the Alouettes and the Tiger Cats swap the number one and number two draft positions uh-huh. in the first round. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I thought it was a, a great thing to have Ryan Bauman back because this O-line is definitely a work in progress, and I'm saying that as nicely as possible. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm I'm baffled as to why you would trade such a coveted figure because you, after all that you went through to get to, get Bauman back in Alouette's colors, then you turn around and trade him to the Argos. Uh, let's not forget, though, he is a native of Burlington, Ontario, which is in the Hamilton area. So I guess now he's heading back a little bit closer to home. Uh, my only thought is this has to mean that either the Alouettes are feeling a lot more confident in Trey Rutherford, our first-round draft pick that was part of that whole deal, so to speak, at, on draft day to this year. Either that or Philippe Gagnon must be very close to returning. Right. And again, these both of these guys are guards and also national players as well. So... Perhaps the thought is maybe the Alouettes are a little bit as, as much as they've had issues with the O line this year. Maybe they feel at the guard position they're just a, a little bit richer than we think and can afford to make this deal and, and send a, a talented veteran like Ryan Baum into the Argos. In which case, that means either Rutherford or Gangyel will have to step up and and fill that void almost immediately. So it's, yeah, I'm just trying to remember the last time that the Owls have done this many trades, as I said, in such a short period of time. And it's like, okay, let, let's see if it makes any difference. Um, I understand, you know, two weeks removed from the from the big one, and then now this one. Too early to tell, but we'll see. But uh, I'm sure Cavus has a reasoning for doing what he's doing. Uh, one of the things to know as far as trades go is uh, we finally got to see in practice this week another trade piece from last week, uh, Darius Bowman making yes. his, deb- his debut with the Alouettes. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, he was wearing number 12 for the Bombers. Uh, he obviously can't wear that with Mitchell White uh, as part of the lineup, even though it 
Mitchell, as I said, is more likely gone for the season. You still don't just give up his number. So now he will be sport. Uh, Darius Bowman will be sporting a very familiar number that was also worn by a, a very noted wide receiver here for the Alouettes. He's currently rocking the number 19. Interesting. <laughs> so the last time the Alouettes had a, a number 19 at receiver, uh, that worked out okay. If you don't know who we're talking about, folks, obviously we're talking about the great S.J. Green. Yes. Uh, That's interesting. That. that really is interesting, actually. I, I mean, again, like, I, I know people tend to lose lose their mind over numbers a little bit, and they think it's disrespectful to give certain numbers to certain people and, and so on and so forth. But you know what? Football just doesn't work that way as far – like, what are you going to do? You're going to retire everybody's number just because they were popular with the Alouettes or – or they they won championships. I'm sorry. Like the only numbers that are truly untouchable are the retired ones, including 13 and 86. As far as I'm concerned, pretty much every other number should there be like a, a moratorium. Yeah, but I mean SJ's been gone now for two years. Uh, he's already moved on. He's won a great cup with the Argos. As far as I'm concerned, SJ's not coming back, folks. I, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, but, you know, he's uh, having a bad year with Toronto this year. It's, yeah, he's not. Yeah. Exactly, and bringing him back wouldn't make a, a big difference either. I, I'm sorry to say, I love the guy, but uh, yeah, he would just get lost in this current Alouettes formation. So, you know what? Let's see what Adarius Bowman can do. Let's see if he can uh, get himself back on track. And if it takes wearing 19 to do it, let's see what he can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, what What else? What else? What else? By the way, uh, just very quick commentary on one thing, Cliff, because I think it's really it doesn't deserve a whole a whole spiel about it. Uh, loud at halftime. Uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> he, he he was loud. He lived up to his name there. Uh, I it, I'm like, no, no. Yeah, I I, I think not my, not my cup of tea, and I don't know how well that played off on national television. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, you and I were busy uh, reconnecting with a, an old friend of ours, friend of the show, Tanner Marsh, yep. at halftime. So, I mean, we, we could sort of hear the music, but believe me, I don't think I don't think you, me, or even Tanner really gave a rat's ass about it. <laughs> no, no, we, re- we really didn't. We really didn't. And then, you know, we're guys coming up on the on the next month uh, within the season. We're coming up on into August, and the Alouettes go ahead and release. I think it's something that you and I kind of guessed based on how what it's been currently so far this year, but they released their newest throwback slash whatever helmet logo for the month of August. And they go with the Delta kind of sort of not Delta. Well, it's, it is the Delta logo that people know and remember from back in the day. The only problem is it's just a solid red Delta logo. It's actually, it's actually a, a shell of itself, Cliff. It's missing... It's missing the Alouettes script underneath, also, because if you yeah. if you remember, it did have the word Alouettes underneath. It did, and again, it also had blue in there as well. Like that's I, that's right. Yeah, the, the A portion of it. Remember, this is like one of those. This is the logo itself to me is like one. It's like the Montreal Expos logo. It's like the Baltimore. Uh, it's like the Milwaukee Brewers logo. Uh, it, it's like the Hartford Whalers logo. It, you know, there's different elements of built into the actual logo itself so in the a portion very top above the bird there is a bird in there you'll see it if you look real hard once you see it once you'll never be able to unsee it it's one of those things mm-hmm. it was blue and right below the m you had the the alouette script back then 
And I, I don't know. It's it's just not it's not the same. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, if you put the color in there and really make it pop, like it it did back in the day, and even go back to 2010 when the Alouettes wore the uh, the retro uniforms from the 70s. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Rebe- right? Like, absolutely done done brilliant. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely brilliant. Like this. Like again, I, I've tried to be on board as much as possible with this campaign, the Earn Your Wings campaign. And, and going through the history of the Alouettes and, logo uh, and all that. Uh, root, was it, and also Roots to Wings. Was it Roots to Wings? I think it's Roots to Wings. Yeah. So I, I've tried to be on board as much as I could with that. And like the first month with the, the, the classic lo- the, the classic winged logo Perfect. helmet. Perfect. Great. I mean, that was absolutely fantastic. This past month with the French horn bird logo. Okay. It was good. Still not- missing, but, you know, not having stripes to. It's not, you're not getting the full, the full aesthetic. Yeah. But and, I t- and by the way, if anybody knows how I feel about this, you'll know tomorrow. Head over to my social media accounts on Instagram and at uh, on Twitter. It's a repact or E-P-P-A-C-T. You'll understand how I actually feel about this, about this, uh, about the Delta logo. Um, yeah. uh, but to take a look at it now, like to see it all in red, and it just looks soulless. I mean, I haven't yes. seen anything red and soulless like this since Travis Lully. <laughs> Uh-huh. Nice, 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 nice. But it's funny. Um, I'm actually interested to see next month's where they do graduate somewhat to our current logo. I'm actually interested interested to see how that comes out because once I saw it originally, it caught my eye, and um, it won't be the full logo itself. But once you, I think people, once people see it, they'll understand. I'm actually uh-huh. looking forward to that one to see how that looks. But I know the Delta, it's not the Delta. You cannot call this a Delta logo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I understand it's the Delta logo, but it is not the Alouette's lo- Delta logo from, you know, from when it was worn in the seven, uh, was it the eighties? When was it? When was it worn? The seventies and eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So, and last in 86, mm-hmm. this is not the same Delta logo. It's not, like I say, it just, it's like a shell of that former logo. Mm-hmm. It just, and I think, again, everybody Jeez, who... Pretty fitting, considering what we're going through as Alouette fans. Well, can't, can't argue that. <laughs> but, again, I think when, when this campaign was announced and people were talking about, oh my god, they're going to use the retro logos, they're going to use this, I think that's what people were expecting, was to see the actual yeah. retro logos on the helmets. Are, and just updated accordingly, and yeah, I agree. Instead, like I said, you're just getting kind of half of it. Like it's like buying a, a ten-piece chicken nugget, and you're only getting four of them. Like you'd be pissed. <laughs> you're like, what the hell? Where's the rest? Where, where, where's everything? You promised me this, and you're giving me this. Like it's 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 terrible. Exactly. What is this? Exactly. So so I I think fans are like fans that were really excited to see this. I think. Come Friday, they're gonna look at the helmets and be like, "What is this?" You don't need to. You need. You can go over to Didier's thing on on facebook you get the alouettes thing that they did that today on instagram <laughs> no <laughs> and as, yeah. I said, as i said to you in, in a four-word tweet when it was first when dj first showed what it looked like nope 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 that's no i just i only had one word woof <laughs> <sighs> so it, it is what it is it is what it is um what before we finish up? What what can we say? And is there anything more that we can say about this game coming up this week? Uh, well, I, I tell you what, if, <laughs> if you're looking for 
an atmosphere like nothing else, folks, you got to get to Percival Molson. At the end, of the, no matter what, regardless of how you feel about Johnny Manziel, this is going to be a show. I, I really think, no matter what, I think there's almost a car crash appeal to this particular game. <laughs> Wow, I don't know if that's really, really the analogy you want to use. <laughs> I'm sure this is not the one that the Alouettes themselves would go through, but they also sort of fed the beast a little bit by pretty much hyping Johnny Manziel from day one. And listen, he's walking into a very interesting situation here. And I believe it or not, folks, I do feel for Manziel in this sense because now that pressure that was pretty much thrown on Vernon Adams, like the only good thing is Johnny Manziel doesn't have Johnny Manziel breathing down his neck. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, listen, I want Manziel to succeed. I, I I can't call myself a fan of his because, again, just because you put on Alabama's color, it doesn't mean I'm going to become a fan of yours. But if you are playing for this team, I want you to succeed. And that's pretty much how I feel about Johnny Manziel, is I want him to succeed. If, if the Alabama's coaching staff, by, you know, win or lose, they decide that this is the guy that's going to, do it then so be it i we we just have to accept that and let's see what he can do uh i'm of the opinion that you know this this game is very winnable for montreal in the sense that if it's the same hamilton team that showed up over the past two weeks decides to show up at personal wilson stadium then yes montreal does have a good chance provided yeah. they get their act together and keep it together i think that's the big thing is keeping it all together because when this defense wants to play it plays fantastic football this offense, uh, we finally put 23, 20 plus points on the board last week. So, you know, it doesn't happen by accident. I mean, you don't score 23 points by accident in this league. No. I, I, I think that there's the potential is there. Like we started seeing a lot of those building blocks. I was talking about the building that, 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 that foundation that I keep saying this. I want to see this year in 2018. Like I, I know this is not going to be a great year for the Alouettes, but I want to see a foundation being built. And I really, truly felt that. Last week, with Vernon Adams as quarterback, connect, making the plays that he did and getting Sutton involved the way he did, I really saw the start of something here. And I really think there is something there. I mean, you've got B.J. Cunningham, who is a phenomenal playmaker. You've got Eugene Lewis, who a great receiver as well. We're going to see a Darius Bowman in the lineup more than likely. Yep. I'm curious to see what he can do. Is he going to – he did have the best go of it in Winnipeg this time around, but maybe – Maybe this is the situation where he's going to flourish. Who knows? I'm, I'm really curious to see what he can do, and let, let's let's see what happens. I mean, yeah. with 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 Johnny Manziel as quarterback, that's kind of the exciting part too. Is anything can happen, and I, I guess we'll just see. I mean, that's really all we can do. I mean, yeah, I, know. I know. I know. I'm of the I'm of the opinion that. I still give him a, another week of the playbook, but also too, maybe that also puts Vernon Adams in a bad situation because once again, if you're hyping the fact that Johnny Manziel is in the lineup and could see some action, you're going to see a repeat performance of last Thursday and Adams does not deserve that whatsoever. He deserves the full support of this team and its fans. And it's clear to me, as long as Johnny Manziel sits on the sidelines, he's never going to get that. So, you know what? Let's put Manziel out there. Everybody gets it out of their system, and let's see what happens. If we get a win out of it, great. If we lose, then, well, we've been losing all season, so really what's going to change? Yeah, so the Alouettes have lost the last five out of six to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and gee, lo and behold, Cliff, guess who our last win versus the versus – the, guess who the starting quarterback was the last time that we, that we won against uh, Hamilton? Surely you don't mean Vernon Adams. Oh, I surely do. 
Wow, what a coincidence. What a quinky dink, huh? <laughs> yeah. I just think I just think it's there, another interesting subplot is the fact that the Alouettes quarterback crew, two of those three quarterbacks that were in training camp for the uh the Tiger Cats are part of the Alouettes lineup. Yeah, I, I know. It, it, it's such a a weird dichotomy. <laughs> I know. Um, overall, uh, the Alouettes have lost three in a row to Hamilton at home, but have won the last four of seven. So that there's that. That's true. There was a time when Hamilton couldn't buy a win at Percival Molson Stadium. There was a time when most teams couldn't buy a win at Percival Molson, and we've now lost what nine straight to, to Edmonton overall, and I think our win list in the last eleven. So there's that. <laughs> there sure is. You know, the nice thing about streaks is eventually they get broken. Yes, and it needs to be because I think the Alouettes are on a franchise streak right now for most consecutive losses at home. We we need to break this funk. I'm hoping that it will draw more people. I just checked Ticketmaster and I'm not really sure how to how to gauge. Uh, you know, we're only taping on 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 Tuesday, so it's maybe it'll get better from there. But well, and I think I think there's going to be. A huge curiosity fact. Now that the the Alouettes and the the CFL and TSN and everybody has pretty much stated and shouted out to the world that Johnny Manziel is going to be the starting quarterback. Th- this is going to have to be the proof. Like now, you know well in advance that he's going to be playing and he's going to be starting. Is this going to be the thing? Everybody says he's going to sell tickets. The place is going to be sold out because of him. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I want to see can Johnny Manziel sell tickets in Montreal. And I'm not saying he can. I'm not saying he can't. I, I want to see the proof now. I want to see everybody justify what they've been saying about how he's going to change everything. Right, and right. I, I want to give him every chance in the world to succeed. But now I want to see the fans, even even the fake fans, quite frankly, because you know what? I, I want to see what you can do. Uh, you believe so much in this guy. You you think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Great. I want to see you in the stadium then. I want to see you plunking down money to buy tickets. And I want to see you getting loud and getting rowdy. And I want to see it done properly, too. I want to see the real football fans come out. And if you all claim that you are the real football fans and you all you wanted was just to see Johnny Mansell play, then guess what? This is your opportunity. I want to see I want to see the stadium rocking one way or another. So mm-hmm. let's see. And if it takes uh, this former Texas A&M uh, Heisman Trophy winner to do so, then you got to do what you got to do. Right? So... Let's let's see what happens. There's yeah. really there's really not much more I can say about that. Yeah, and I think it's probably the best way to leave it too. So I mean, it's well uh, as I said, don't forget that the game will be on uh, uh, RDS, TSN, and on if you're listening to us in the United States, it will be on ESPN too. Uh, Cliff, I will see you next to me at the stadium. And uh, we promise, folks, that we will not uh, make drunken fools of ourselves that's just not how we roll no no no. we might make fools of ourselves but we won't be drunk yeah exactly you know we we need to remember it so so even 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 if there is seven dollar budweiser we will not make drunken fools of ourselves no no, we won't no we won't so um we will speak to you guys next week so for everybody here at the alouette's flight deck for cliffy d i'm tim capper we're on final approach Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.